One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. Uh, my name's Pete Allison. This is Dave Cribb. Ahoy, hoy, Peter. Are we well? Yes, thank you. Uh, we actually recorded an episode yesterday, didn't we? Which is um, well. quite close for us to be recording. So, uh, yes, I'm absolutely fine as well as I was yesterday. How Fans of chronology, as we talked about a lot in yesterday's slash last yeah, week's podcast. Yeah, it did podcast. come up a lot, didn't it? A lot of chronology, if you listened last week. Uh, well, yes, yeah, so, but this is actually, not only have we now recorded two in two days, but it was only Saturday gone that we recorded our live episode. So this is three in four days, which is probably yeah. the most intense. we've ever... Intense. Yeah. Really intense. So yeah, I imagine very little's happened to you since we last recorded, but a week in our listeners' lives, Pete, is a long time. Much That's might true. have happened. That's Governments true. probably have fallen. Countries have oh, collapsed. God knows. Yeah, know. all sorts. So there you go. But it's good that you're still well. And um, yeah, let's let's end the small talk there, shall we? <laughs> yes. Let's crack on with the old friends chat and meet today's friend, shall we? Yes, let's do that. Uh, today's friend is a writer, a part-time wrestler, and the second member of her family to appear on this podcast. Uh, oh please welcome Lexi Rose. Hi, Lexi Rose. Hi. Hello, how I'm are you? so stoked. Uh, are you excited? Yeah. You uh, texted me on the way and you were like, I'm a bit nervous. Yes. But is that just because of the sort of environment or is that because of it's it's hard to know how much chat about friends to get into a short podcast? Um, I think it was just it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Representing this episode is big, <laughs> big responsibility. And I think that, you know, the fact I've made notes, copious notes, done my homework. Yeah. I'm ready. It's okay. It, it's the it's the nearest thing. I don't know if you feel this, Peter, as well. It's the nearest thing to like university that I really feel these days. <laughs> like I love Friends and I've watched Friends for my entire life. But weirdly, like the night before a podcast now, I'm like, oh, I have to watch it yeah. and I have to make notes about it. And it becomes like almost that I almost get find myself going, Oh, I've got to watch an episode of Friends tonight and then going, <laughs> hang on, check yourself. This is not a real job. Yeah, no, I agree. That's exactly how I feel as well. Um your episode. Yes. Uh, let's talk us through the process behind uh, you picking it. And then I will reveal to people listening what you just said as you walked into the studio. Well, there was a spreadsheet involved. Mm. Um, there was <laughs> copious amounts of me skimming through the old eps, the old box sets, having yeah. a little dig around, floating some ideas past you, then deciding I didn't want them. Then I just... This just called out to me one day. It just happened to be on and I went, oh, this is my episode. Okay. This is the one I want to discuss. 
Um, there's many things to unpack about it. Great. Well, this is the thing. So, I mean, you've referenced the... So I don't, uh, we referenced the spreadsheet before. I was just about to say I mean, the same thing. I'm I think sorry, you should share what the spreadsheet secrets. is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not a secret. It's just new. Mm. So, basically, up BTS, until... BTS, guys. Hashtag yeah. BTS. Until the end of... Not the boy band. <laughs> until the end of the last series... Uh, it was just an, a long note on my iPhone, which just had a list of episodes, and I'd send that to everyone. And it suddenly got to the point where it was taking up more than two screens of people's iPhones. When I screenshotted it, I was like, this is not a good way to go. So, yeah, in the break, Pete, I made a spreadsheet. A proper Google Doc. A proper Google spreadsheet with all the apps, um, uh, the seasons in order, and then the red ones are highlighted if they've gone. The orange ones are ones that people have chosen but we've not yet recorded. And then there's another colour, isn't there, for the uh, the the clip show apps that we do? It's oh, all it's... very Monica of you, like with her yes, wedding real, planning binder. A real admin achievement. That's it's a... impressive. Yeah, this, look. this ain't no, you know, rodeo. I know it's thing. no amateur operation That's anymore. That's the one I was looking I, for. I tell you that. Can you tell I do this often? <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. It's a very safe space here. It's just idiots talking about a TV show. So Speak yourself, Dave. <laughs> it's two idiots and a guest talking about a TV show. Uh, we So you came in and you said, look, I'm not sure how big a fan I am of this episode. But this goes back to what you've just said, actually. It's now become to the point, Pete, where this podcast is less... Um, friend, people talking about their favourite episode yeah, friends, favorite's kind of people talking about window, their favourite episode with the caveat of it's not been done it's not already been chosen by someone that's bagsied it or you know there's there's lots of things now so I think people Do are starting to just though? choose ones they want to talk about Do you know what though I feel like one of the reasons I picked this one even though admittedly watching it again to sort of prepare mm. I was like Do you know what? not the strongest episode they're so it's one of the forgotten's you know? Yes. And there's there's something to be said for a forgotten episode. And I think that's a very important part of the Friends world. Yeah, is, and... You know, we there are the well-talked-about well ones, and then there are the lesser-known ones. That have some really good bits in. That have some great, that you iconic about. Yes. moments. There's a lot of iconic moments in this episode. And you know what? On this podcast, we are grateful when people choose the Forgottens, because that means we there's one less later. You know, it's going to get... We're going to get to about, what, 200 episodes of this podcast, and we're going to be saying, guys, do you want to come on our podcast and talk about the 10th worst ever episode of Friends? Because <laughs> that's all that's left. So it's really nice to sort of mix it up as we go. Uh, so tell us, please, Lexi Rose, what is the episode you have chosen? Oh, my God. Okay, so the episode I've chosen, ladies and gentlemen, is The One with Rachel's Crush. The One with Rachel's Crush, Series 4, Episode 13. Here is the Wikipedia synopsis for those of you listening that haven't uh, recently watched it, to remind you. Monica is determined to continue being the hostess and strives to succeed since they switched apartments with the boys. Meanwhile, Chandler becomes concerned when Kathy and a fellow actor get steamy on stage in a play, and Rachel receives a shock when she's moved to another department and develops a crush on one of her clients. Uh, three storylines in this. I would deign to say two, decent, one, quite shit. Yes. One is literally one of the most abysmal sea storylines in Friends history. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we need to talk about it. Should we do that first? Okay. Should we, should we sort of do this like a festival and work up towards the headline plot? Yeah, definitely. Okay. This is definitely the warm-up act. Yeah, sort of opening the stage at midday yeah. is this sort of weird... It's such a uh, sort of 
small plot that you forget it's happening as you watch the episode. When yeah. it sort of went back halfway through, I was like, we've not really seen Monica no. yet. So Monica, so they've, we, we joined this mid-apartment switch, they've, and, and there's loads of boxes in what was the boys' apartment and is now the girls'. And basically, is there much more to it than Monica is a bit jealous that people don't really want to hang out because the apartment's worse? Well, she actually makes a point at the beginning of the episode that she doesn't want people to hang out in her apartment and come in and Jerry tries to raid her fridge. She says, yeah, you can't do that because you've got my old apartment now. So she's a bit sore because she bet her apartment away, which is one of the greatest Friends moments of all time, followed by one of the worst storylines. So... There well, is that. Yeah, yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like Rachel and Monica not being in the purple apartment. It unsettles me when they're not there. Correct. I don't like change either. <laughs> I don't like it. We watch Friends for familiarity, guys, not yeah. for this weird upside down world. Although weirdly, Monica refers to the purple apartment as the big apartment in this storyline. Which yes, it she does. Never occurred to me that it's bigger, but. I, I don't know. It is loads bigger, isn't it? When you look yeah, at it. Yeah, I guess so. It's kind of weird that she refers to it as the big apartment in the sense of like, we both have these two apartments between us as a group. It's kind of a weird ownership thing, isn't it? Yeah, They're like, hey, hey guys, the, who's in the big apartment this week? I mean, let's not even talk about the logistical and legalities of <laughs> betting your apartment and actually carrying it out. Well, yeah, because we know that this is what Monica's grandma's apartment that she sublets on rent control or something you know mm-hmm. that we we learn that this is the sort of reason behind why they're in this amazing apartment when they don't earn very much money and then suddenly not only because that's they're on the edge already <laughs> with that yeah that's pretty illegal and then suddenly they're going to swap with some dudes across the hall it's an interesting one i'm not sure i'm 100 percent buying it no but for the purposes of this storyline we'll accept that they've swapped yes and monica's in a strop yeah she doesn't want joey raiding her fridge so he then quite scankily tries to raid the top of the cupboards for a donut he left up there at some mm. point, which <laughs> it's just not okay. But again, we move swiftly on. It's peak Joey, isn't it? It's peak Joey. That's peak the problem. Joey. Yeah, that's what he does. Um, so then what happens, bizarrely, in a sort of quite out of character twist is that Joey starts cooking and starts like getting all the food in and making breakfast for everyone. Yep, suddenly Joey has money yeah. and <laughs> suddenly he has granola and he has pancakes. When I was watching this episode last night, I texted Dave. I got a flurry of WhatsApps <laughs> at this point. A flurry. <laughs> I thought something was wrong. Do you like, want, to, do you want you, to read them and then I'll explain? You know when someone starts a text message chain with just your name? Yeah. So it was just like Dave, one text. I was like, yeah. oh God. What's happened? He's not going to listen to the podcast recording tomorrow. Something's terrible. And then he went, this episode. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, oh, God, have we done it before? I've forgotten. Is there a real problem with it? Then he goes, you know that bit where Phoebe catches the pancake? The noise it makes when it hits the palm of her hand is so unbelievably satisfying. <laughs> I can't is. stop watching it. it. Just yes. The slap noise it makes as she perfectly catches the flipped pancake. I rewound that. So many times. It's just the satisfying noise of it hitting her hand and then dropping and hitting her plate. It is oh, art. Mate, do you know what I was going to say? I think Phoebe needs to get into baseball because that's exactly <laughs> such the bit of the catch. scene that saved it. What a catch. Yeah, <laughs> it is incredible. Uh, you actually sent me a voice note with the sound effect on it. As I well, did. Which, I'll be honest, isn't that easy to hear. Let's see if we can hear it. Phoebe, stick out your plate. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god, literally as that noise played, all the lights went off yeah, in here. That was so bizarre, what wasn't the, it? What? As the pancake hit Phoebe's hand, the all the, the lights catch, switched yeah. off. Yeah. 
There's still some nice mood uplighting. Have you got clapping lights in here? Is that what happened? <laughs> oh my God, let's try it. No. No, nothing's no. happened, Pete. Just, okay. to, just, to, just to sum up, still dark. Still in the dark. <laughs> so did you both uh, both obsess over this pancake catch Correct. noise? Well, not over the noise. Now now you mention it, the noise was satisfying. I was just more impressed by it. The catch. The actual yeah, catch. Yeah, the catch was yeah. excellent, yeah. It was very Because that follows Joey flinging a pancake over her shoulder and it going miles away, right? Yes. Yeah, so she just catches the pancake, plonks it on a plate. Everyone's having a nice time. Um, there's one other bit of this plot line that I think is really weird. So eventually what happens is Monica starts doing up the other apartment, right, and to a point where everyone yeah. can come round. I made a note about this. Yeah, let's see if it's the same thing. <laughs> I've also got a note which I assume is going to be the same issue. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe it's not an issue. Okay. I, I just wanted to make a comparison. Okay. I feel like Monica, she's like a before Queer Eye contributor. <laughs> <laughs> she's so weird, isn't she? Her hair is not the one in this episode. It's kind of like that episode where she asks for Demi Moore's hair and then Phoebe cuts into Dudley Moore's hair. Yes. But this time it's not intentional. And she's wearing the most atrocious outfits throughout because she's doing the apartment up, I assume. Right. But Tan would have a field day with that. Yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, then the big makeover is about to happen. Well, she queer eyes herself, then doesn't she? Yeah, she's the whole thing. She's all the Fab Five in one. She, yeah, she's she gets she gets full Bobby on the apartment. <laughs> yeah. Um, the bit that I what's your bit, Pete? Is it is it about the literature selection <laughs> provided? Yes, it is, and then also, oh yeah. So to explain, Monica to sort of coax them over, she makes them cookies. She they're freshly baked. She somehow. <laughs> holds an oscillating fan behind some cookies and it has the power to blow the smell <laughs> blow the smell of the cookies through a door and into another apartment which is yeah because they impressive they, they um they're mid-conversation aren't they yeah and then they all go what's that smell yeah the smell is powerful enough to stop conversation in a separate <laughs> apartment through a closed door and across a corridor um which is very good but the other thing about it is that she buys a new copy of Playboy to also sort of make visiting a treat. And then just the weirdest part of it all, and this seems to be a running theme that we're picking up on quite a lot, Ross says to Monica, cookies, cookies and, porn, and porn, you're the best mom ever. Honestly, yeah. we could do a whole fucking episode on that line alone. I mean, what the fuck? It is, Am it's, I not swear? It's yep. the yes. porn best mom ever like why are you calling your sister your mom why are you referencing your mom when you're talking about porn there's there is so much going on in the space of two sentences and monica also says i've just been fiddling around in here making delicious treats for everyone <laughs> another line that i feel could have gone in the bin at yeah. some point fiddling around in here yeah when you're handing over a playboy to someone <laughs> yes. no it's, it's an odd choice of, of scripting Whilst um, making cookies. I mean, I don't want to get my OCD all over this podcast, um, but I do think about these things. It's so, it's bizarre enough that her brother comes over and she hands him a copy of Playboy and basically goes, hey, thanks for coming around. Here's some softcore pornography. Uh, and then, yeah, like you say, Pete, that line, best one ever is, it's, this is a Freudian nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> it's just. Like, we could be here for hours dissecting that. There is um, just a lot then, going but, on. The main problem is that neither of them seem particularly uncomfortable with it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone's just like, yeah. Everyone's fine about it. It's absolutely fine. I mean, we know they've got a slightly strange sibling relationship anyway, but absolutely mad. Um, should we talk about the conclusion of Monica's makeover? Right. Because it's a bit shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> what, the, you're not happy with the apartment? I mean, I'm with Joey. I didn't even know they didn't have a carpet yes, in there. Yes, exactly. So they come back in and, jo- and Monica goes, do you like the floor? And Joey goes, it looks the same. And just says, there used to be carpet there. No, it couldn't. I wouldn't have told you that either. Yeah, the conclusion of, you know, like you say, if this was an episode of Queer Eye mm-hmm. and you walked into that, you'd be like, oh, Bobby's just taken the cardboard boxes and put them in the bin. Yeah. That's basically all that's happened. I sort of yeah. tidied up a bit. And there's a really awful vase behind um, the new, the newly positioned sofa um, with someone's face on it. Which, is that? Yeah. I will uh, screen grab it for you yes, at some please. point. Yes, please. We'll, we'll tweet that out when this episode yeah. goes out. Um, it, uh, whose face? It's just like, I don't know, it's like a sort of stretched face around a sort of vase. It's it's really fugly, guys. Oh my days. I, um, I will that. send it to you. Yes, please. You can add it in. Yeah. But yeah, that really distracted me and disturbed me for most of the um, scene. I did not notice that vase, Pete, did you? No, neither did I. Good attention to detail. It bodes well for the quiz. Lovely attention to detail. That is going on our Twitter, at FriendsWF. Um, and uh, here's the thing. If you're listening to this and it isn't on the Twitter, just drop us a little tweet and we'll remember to put it up. <laughs> That's very Pretty up. good at remembering that sort of stuff, aren't we, Pete? Yeah, very good. <laughs> I think this whole storyline makes me feel a bit sad. For well, Monica? Yeah, just sad. <laughs> just, just sort of a, a general melancholy. Yeah, just just a bit of low energy. Yeah, because there's nothing to it, is she there? She falls asleep at the end with everyone sat around her having a great time and she's been isolated for the whole episode. We've not seen her apart from one candid shot of her through the door spinning around on a floor polisher right. that Rachel thought was a hoover. And she did all that work. Joey didn't even notice that he had carpet there before. <laughs> then they all sit down and eat all her food again as per usual, because they're all leeches, yep. and she falls asleep, missing out on all the bants. I know. And she just says, I am always the hostess, oh. as she nods off to sleep, and I just felt a bit sad. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. It it's is. like reverse Queer Eye, really. Her life was great. <laughs> she had a great apartment, and it went to shit. Yeah, it's like those spin-off series when Sorry it all goes wrong. Sorry to keep referencing another TV show no, that's fine. on your podcast. It's, to be honest, it's good to keep it current, isn't it, Pete? It's good to keep it yeah, rooted exactly. in the modern day. Good reference. Um, the Thanks. Monica spinning on that floor polisher is one of two or three like iconic Friends moments yes. in this episode. Like That's in the credits for seasons, for years isn't to come. it? Yeah. Yep. After that. Despite that, it's really like a throwaway thing. Yeah. This is the thing about this episode. Yes. There's some very iconic throwaway moments that actually end up being embellished in Friends history and the floor polisher spinning around the situation is one of them. Should we come on to another one of them then? Uh, where do you want to go next? Chandler and Kathy, or Rachel and Joshua? Let's go for Chandler and Kathy. Chandler and Kathy. Because I feel like the episode's called Rachel's Crush. Yeah. Therefore. So that's the headline. We'll, we'll headline it. Okay, we'll headline with the crush. And that has got a cu- two of the other iconic moments in Rachel's yes. Crush. So we shan't come on to those immediately. Okay, Chandler and Kathy. So this starts right at this. Yeah, there's a lot of... It's a, it's a deep sigh one, isn't it, this one? Yeah, I've got to unpack. I mean, I know we're meant to be talking about our favourite episode and it is my favourite episode for psychological picking apart. And I just think this is not... Uh, Chandler, I will always have forever a soft spot for. But this episode does not paint him in a good light. And I feel it's quite out of character. It feels right. like a Ross storyline. Yes! Thanks, Pete. It does, doesn't it? It's, You're absolutely uh, right. An insecurity and a paranoia and a slightly controlling um, behaviour that is, yeah, um, we're used to seeing it with Ross, not Chandler, which is why why it just feels weird. It just doesn't feel like why an do appropriate they pair him story up for him. With Ross for it. 
Yes, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Ross is sort of egging him on throughout it, isn't it, by being there in the sidelines. It feels like Ross is making a poor contribution to his behaviour. But he gets right in his own head straight away. So let's take you back. This is right at the cold open of the episode before the credits even roll. Ross and Chandler are at this this play that Kathy's in. And the play basically opens. And it, I mean, it sounds like a dreadful play, guys. I know. And Chandler is being a very positive, supportive boyfriend at the start. Yeah. Maybe the fact he took Ross along to this play... Some unseen shit went down. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we weren't there. Yes. That turned this story sinister. Yeah, he's really like, he does that thing where he shouts, hey, my girlfriend, I get to have sex with the star of the show or whatever yeah. that is. Fine. Clay starts, in comes Kathy and Nick. And as far as I can tell, the play is just Kathy playing a prostitute and having sex with a man. It sounds like live porn. Yeah, it does, doesn't it's it? When, yeah, it sounds like really when, low grade. It's when Nick says that, Oh, that's nice line that you hear really yeah. clearly. I know. It's like, what? <laughs> that's such do appalling you do this acting, often? even for an out of shot play that is clearly meant to be a bit ropey. Like right. Nick is clearly Nick clearly has even less acting talent than Joey. <laughs> it does. It feels like a Joey play, a play that Joey would have been. I mean, in, doesn't it? why? Why didn't Joey audition for this play? <laughs> yeah. This sounds up his street. Well, it's sort of in a whole love triangle if Kathy and Joey were on stage simulating sex after the whole oh Kathy gosh. and Joey star. Full mate. circle. I know. It's a good job Nick was there to really buffer this over. Mm. Yeah. What I would have thought is if you were Chandler and you were going to your girlfriend's play, wouldn't you warn your boyfriend? Wouldn't yes. Kathy be like, just so you know, you come to the play, within 10 seconds, my top's going to be off. This is my conclusion. As much as Chandler is a bit paranoid in this episode, I think Kathy's a dick. Yeah. And we'll come on to why a bit later. Yeah. Kathy is an absolute knobber and we need to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Sorry, can I say knobber on this yeah. podcast? Well, you've already said fuck, so if you can okay. say fuck, you can say knobber. So okay, cool. We're very laissez-faire here with language. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, so I just feel like she should have mentioned it. Chandler should have been preparing and being like, obviously Chandler and Kathy, I mean, what do they talk about then? What do they, if, if they're not talking about her play, which is her, basically her job at the moment, mm-hmm. what are they talking about? I know. Ask about how her day's going. Yeah. And maybe you'll find this shit out. You guys have got bloody issues, I'll tell you that. Um, and then, so it all comes back to Chandler gets, starts to get paranoid and then speaks to Joey about it, because why wouldn't you take advice from Joey when it comes to growing up relationships, things like that. Mm-hmm. And Joey sort of cites this rule about there being, if there's chemistry on stage, that means they're not having sex together off stage. Yeah. And vice versa. And there's a really there's a really nice Joey line where he goes, have you ever seen me have any chemistry with anyone on stage? And they're like, no. never. <laughs> also, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, guys, Exhibit A. Exhibit A. The film. The film. I've not, have I seen, which one's that? Is that the one where That's they're the shooting? That's the Brad Pitt it's one. Jo- oh, Brad Angelina Pitt Jolie, and, Ange- and they ended up married. Yeah, of course. Do they have chemistry in that film? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's weird you should mention that because they, they, this, there's a bit of this episode that really dates it and it's where they start talking about celebrity couples. Oh, yes. <laughs> and they're referencing... My favourite part. Yeah, like Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins. Hey! Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. And I don't think I ever realised they were actually a couple. What? Yeah, they, they were. were that for was, years. I think that one passed me by. I mean, it, it, it makes perfect sense to very famous Hollywood actors. I'm not surprised that they yeah. were a couple. And yeah, like you say, Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger, who... Also, that reminded. There's an episode of The Simpsons where they appear. So obviously, in in the heyday, this is I think probably before any of our time. I think none of these couples are together. They're now. not. They're all divorced. I checked. <laughs> oh, it really dates it because it doesn't even hold up. And what is Phoebe referencing when she says Mel Gibson and Clint Eastwood? Yeah. What is she referencing? I don't know. So she chimes in, doesn't she? And then someone goes, "They're not a couple." And she goes, "Oh, I get the game now." 
I mean, is she just referencing two awful men? <laughs> I think that might be what, it, what the game, the game is named two Tom awful Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, where your head goes. Yeah, it really dates. So when is this episode? This must be 1998 or 99, something like that. Yes. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, so all those couples, gone. I mean, there's even been a Penelope Cruise and Tom Cruise in between this time. and a, uh, Between then and now. Yeah. And also a Tom Cruise and Katie, Katie Holmes. Holmes. yeah. Like, a lot has happened between these two episodes. Yeah. Just in Tom Cruise's life, yeah, guys. Yeah, right. Um, Chandler references something that I feel we can all resonate with. And he says, I'm totally screwed because they're going to be all hot and heavy on stage every night. And then they're going to go to their cast parties and he's going to try and try and undermine me. It will be like, so where's your boyfriend? What's his name? Chester. Chester. And then she'll go, no, 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 it's Chandler. And he'll go, whatever. Ha, 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 ha. I've had this happen to me. Have you? Someone called me Leslie. Not <laughs> my name. <laughs> I was emailing someone at work earlier and put from like Pete at the end, signed it off. And they replied, thanks, Paul. And I was like, it, it was literally like a two sentence email. So there were multiple instances on that email where my name was Pete. Like, that's such a stunning lack of attention to detail. They would be terrible at our quiz. I mean, that is terrible, isn't it? I have it all the time with Dave and David because my name is not David. I mean, it is, on the, but nobody's called me David for 25 years, basically. My email address, they all have Dave in them. I always sign Dave. And the amount of times people reply going, thank you, David. I'm like, you, you just changed my name there. You haven't, it's, it, it, you're right. Pete, it's a lack of detail. And it's a bloody lack of respect is what it is. Yeah. Is what it is. My uh, dad used to do it to boyfriends of mine. And still does it to all my siblings. Deliberately. significant others. I don't know. Like a power play. Maybe. Or maybe he's just really not paying attention. It's one <laughs> or the other. Great Big Owl. What? Great Big Owl. Stop saying that. What about Great Big Owl? It's a family of podcasts. Ooh. Who's in this family? Well, there's Rule of Three, that's us. <laughs> there's Brian and Roger. Hi, Roger, it's Brian. There's the The One Show Show. There's oh, nowhere else nice. you would find a, a four or five minute film about Pine Martins. Yes. Without a sight of one Pine Martin at all in the film. There's Barry and Angelos. Oh, uh, gooch, gooch, chooch. Yeah. Remember that lovely one. And there's Smirchpod. Who do you eat first? I think we know. <sighs> well, I know, I don't know if I'd want to eat Lazenby. Basically, look for Great Big Owl on your pod, what's it? Good idea. Have we got a sting? Owls don't sting. GreatBigOwl.com A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. So then they go to the play again. Now, my girlfriend works in theatre. Mm-hmm. I will go to her play once. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum. And feel I've done well mm-hmm. of being a supportive boyfriend. I'm like, been to the play. Yeah. I would very rarely go twice, and I definitely wouldn't go twice on two consecutive nights. But also, wouldn't go twice if the first time you've gone, it made you incredibly uncomfortable. Right. Exactly. And if all you've done is gone back to check if there's chemistry on stage. Well, that's what I was about to point out, is you're going, you're talking about being supportive. Yeah. And look who comes with him. Yeah, old Rostopher. Mr. Supportive <laughs> comes back. I think Ross has been getting in Chandler's ear when we haven't been looking. Yeah. Just whispering in. Just like, I think we should go again. Yeah. Also, a bit pervy from Ross, because I was discussing this with Handsome Tom, my significant other guys, um, last night. And he was saying, don't know if I'd feel comfortable with one of my bestie mates seeing my girlfriend's bare breasts anyway, which, you know, I agree. I would be uncomfortable with Handsome Tom's best mates seeing my bare breasts as well. But to then offer... To go back again and get a second look. <laughs> and there's a really sort of weird moment where Chandler's like, are you going to come tonight to the play? And Ross kind of does that. He, I think he goes, oh, I'm not sure how comfortable I am seeing your girlfriend naked. Uh, and Chandler goes, okay. And he goes, no, 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 I'm coming, I'm coming. And it's like, yeah. oh, so you're just going to see his girlfriend. That's, you know, you, you're, you're, you, you protest too much. Yeah. Old pervy Ross. Uh, so they go back again, and then yeah, there's the, the, there's a lot going on in this plot line, isn't there? And yeah. Chandler confronts Kathy immediately and sort of goes, "Well, there was clearly no heat tonight. You're clearly having sex with him," which is a real leap and escalation of the situation. He's taken a subjective opinion on the performance, and in the middle of her workplace, he really needs to chill. There's a great Schwimmer moment though, where Chandler does confront um, Kathy. And Ross goes, okay, and then just leaves. That's a really uh, moment where he just turns away and it's a really good bit of Schwimmer physical really acting. really good bit of Schwimmer acting. Oh, we, it's love, great. we love Schwimmer on this podcast. Yeah. Also, we, we haven't referenced Drunk Chandler as well. When Right, um, so this is the next bit, isn't it? And this is, so this has become a running theme on this podcast, Lexi, is that Pete almost exclusively has watched Friends via the medium of, like, broadcast E4, specifically. So E4, like, all E4, where... As you'll be aware, having watched it, they cut out quite a lot of the bad language and the odd bit. You know, they never say the word bitch, which they say quite a lot in Friends. They always cut out bitch. They'll do some, I'll be honest, really dodgy editing. And like yeah. just completely just cut out half yeah, a line. Yeah, very half wasn't it? it? So again, you texted me this, Pete, didn't you? And you've never seen this particular bit of this episode. It's after Chandler's discovered that, well, now she is sleeping with Nick. And then he gets a bit drunk to deal with it. And throws open the front door. Hang on, no. Throws open one front door. Doesn't he go into both apartments? Uh, he, yeah, he, he literally leans into the guy's apartment and says one word, doesn't he? He just shouts slut, which is really odd. I was really quite shocked because I don't ever remember that part either until I rewatched it last night. Yeah. And actually, I very nearly text Dave <laughs> the word slut in capital letters <laughs> with no reference, hoping that maybe he might be doing his homework. I was going to say, if I hadn't watched it by yeah. then, that would have been really out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have really had to work out what was going on then. And then, yeah, I thought I'd save it. But I'm really glad you pointed that out, Pete. It's so bizarre, isn't it? It's Watching it back now, 
it feels because, like you say, he just literally leans in, says one word. There's there's basically no reason for that to be there. It isn't even part of another sentence. Isn't even part of him making a point. He literally throws open the door to the apartment, which she isn't in, and shouts "slut" at I think Ross and Joey, <laughs> which is just it. It's even for a drunkard, it's a strange move. The rest of the storyline. So basically, he he wakes up the next morning and realizes, hang on, wait, she never actually told me this. And then this is a point at which Joey sort of goes, hey, my thing is just a theory. Just basically, why are you listening to me? And to be fair, Chandler's behavior has been entirely um, based on this one sort of throwaway theory by Joey earlier in the episode, hasn't it? Yeah, and which we later learn. Just He just made up, basically. He just, he compares it ge- to geometry, which <laughs> is another question I need to bring up here. Oh, it's like, it's, and, 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 and that's kind of it, isn't it? He, then he goes over to Kathy's. She is sleeping with Nick because they've broken up and that's and very, very quick, obviously, isn't it? Very quick, Kathy. Nick's pants. Nick's pants. Well, this comes back to my original point. Kathy's yeah. a dick. Yeah, okay. So... Okay, he behaved like a little bit of an ass yeah. in the uh, auditorium after the play. I can't believe I just said auditorium. Yeah. Long word for me. Um, and then the next day, she didn't think, oh, maybe my job's like, you know, quite a weird one to get your head around if you do whatever the hell it is that Chandler does. Um, right. He's not an actor. Transponsting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Transponsting. Chandler's job um, so there is that thing of maybe if she was a bit more empathetic and understanding of Chandler where Chandler's come to mm. you know if I really want to get into it I think they need to have a little bit of therapy time and right. talk about it talk it through before taking Nick's pants off which and, well because the, the timelines the real problem here right so mm-hmm. Chandler confronts her at let's say 10 p.m. when the play finishes yeah. and then he wakes up the next morning so she's had a fight with her boyfriend, he stormed off, and she's basically immediately just gone backstage mm-hmm. and been like, right, Nick, pants off. Exactly. So obviously it was going to happen anyway. Yeah, exactly. And the speed of it is a Friends classic story acceleration. I mean, people have sex very quickly in Friends. <laughs> they do. Um, and as we all know, it gets back reference later on. Ross brings up being on a break. Yeah. And, and I think of... Kathy thinks they're on a break. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's a bit of vindication for Ross there. They're all sort of gathering around uh, Chandler going, look, it's just not acceptable for her to have had sex with him so immediately. Mm-hmm. And Ross sort of leans in in his sort of sheepish with way. With his goes, greasy hair. <laughs> Maybe if, uh, she thought they were on a break. And that's the, that's the end of the, that's how the episode ends. Yep. So it all ends on a bit of a sour note. It feels like they were just hurrying Kathy out of the Yeah, bye Kathy. See you later, Kathy. Because that's the last time we see Kathy, isn't it? Yeah, goodbye. They basically have one fight. She yeah. sleeps with someone else. The end. Yeah. She's out of there. And then that's Chandler's last girlfriend before he gets together with Monica. Yeah. And so, coincidentally, she and Monica both have terrible haircuts in that episode. In that episode. Maybe we know what Chandler's into. Yeah. Dudley Moore. So it's Kathy's last appearance, but it's the first appearance of Joshua. Oh, Joshua. Joshua. God, he's dull. So, uh, the th- <laughs> I don't see what Rachel sees in Joshua. And I don't just mean that, like, physically. Personality-wise, I don't feel like he offers much either. I don't He's get so wet, the- isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's just, he's not that charismatic. He's not that, um, he's not much like Rachel's other, other people that she dates. He, 
I don't understand how she is suddenly so infatuated with him. So so this starts because she's been moved uh, departments at Bloomingdale. She's been moved into personal shopping. She's about to quit. Um, and again, there's a couple of like memorable friends moments when she's on the phone to Monica going, I'm going to quit. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. Okay, call me back when you get this message. Um, yeah, she actually says, Monica, I'm quitting. I just helped an 81 year old woman put on a thong and she didn't even buy it. Yeah, what is her job? Now, I have bought underwear in my time. I'm sure you have bought underwear. Yeah. You don't try it on yes, before you point. buy it. <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, Hygiene. Yeah. If- my obsessive compulsive disorder <laughs> was very upset about this line and it haunted me. It's probably the moment of the episode that has burnt into my brain more than any other part. <laughs> that is not okay. Yeah, that's so true. Because No you, wonder she's quitting. If you order underwear online, it says like you can't try it on. No, you can't send it back if it's open. Especially so, not a thong, Dave. No. Oh, no. An 81-year-old woman. Why is an 81-year-old woman even wearing a thong? What situation? Yeah, so why is an 81-year-old woman wearing a thong? Why is she trying it on before she buys it? And why? I So here's, a, here's the problem. <laughs> if an 81-year-old woman cannot herself get into a thong, I would deign to say the things she's wearing the thong hoping to achieve are also going to be a real struggle. Yeah, I don't I don't think she should be... If you can't put a thong on by yourself, yeah, you maybe should be wearing don't a thong. be wearing a <laughs> yeah. thong. That's the takeaway from this whole episode. That's the episode. motto of the story. Guys, yeah. if we ever hit a point where we can't put a thong on ourselves and we need a shop assistant's help, we should not be wearing thongs anymore. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. So Rachel has um, nearly quit and then... Joshua walks in, which comes to Pete's point, which I told Dave beforehand, one of the things I brought with me is some imdb.com reviews. Oh, yeah. Um, And the one on Rachel's crush says, I don't understand. This is what imdb.com reviewer has written about the episode. They've given it four out of ten for a start. Wow. Um, Bit harsh. I can't understand how she got a crush on Joshua. Yeah. He is not an ugly man at all. But I can't see anything so overwhelming about him that she would go nuts like that. Right. That was actually so written by me. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I found you. But yeah, you're right. She's so obsessed with him. She doesn't quit the job. She is completely set on quitting. She's so obsessed she with can... him that she makes it worth helping an 80-year-old woman try on a thought. Can I um can I throw in a little a little bombshell in terms of the Rachel Joshua attraction though? What's that? Uh the actor that played Joshua. Tate Donovan. Tate Donovan. And Jennifer Aniston dated for over two oh, years. Did they really? Whoa. Yeah. Mind blown. Did they? And when did they break up? About two weeks before they shot this episode. Oh. No. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Do you think this was all teed up? And then he was like, I well, I'd better still be appearing in Friends. Right, exactly. Isn't that... I mean, I, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch this all, all again. again. <laughs> in, so the entire Rachel and Joshua storyline is being shot basically in the wake of a Jennifer Aniston, Tate Donovan breakup wow there you go so this makes this episode even better because there are some amazing rachel acting moments but there is something about joshua i'd like to point out yep there's a red flag almost immediately which is the reason why josh is getting personal shopping assistance yep did anyone else pick up on the fact that he's just going for a divorce yeah which is obviously great for rachel she's very sorry to hear that though she tells him but I feel it's thrown away, but the reason he needs the the personal shopping is not for a boost post divorce nope. or for a new look. 
It's because his ex-wife has burned <laughs> all his clothes. What's he done? It's because she's What's he what? done to warrant that? She burnt the clothes. Oh. <laughs> I didn't... She burnt all his wardrobe. I didn't pick up on that at all. Apart from a suit and a and skirt. skirt. <laughs> yeah. I know, because it is so thrown away. It's just like, oh, I don't have any clothes anymore. Boo-hoo. But yeah. There's so clearly... he needs everything yeah. down to underwear. underwear. So she even burnt his pants. Now, what the hell did he do? Yeah to um, warrant this kind of punishment. And I don't think I would want to date somebody whose ex-wife feels that she needs to burn his pants. The strangest thing about Joshua doing his shopping is at one point he says, when he's saying bye to Rachel, he says, um, I'll see you in the spring for the bathing suits. Like it's an absolutely standard thing to do to go shopping for swimming shorts like the moment it becomes April. It's like, spring has started, I must buy swimming shorts. And also... He has three personal shopping yeah. appointments, guys. <laughs> do you need a personal shopper to buy some swimming yeah, shorts? Fucking Come on, grow mate. Up, you mate. are better than that. <laughs> but in, in what world do you have three appointments in close proximity to each yeah. other to buy... Even your underwear. Can you not buy your own pants? I think this guy has issues. He's got, he's got real problems. And we meet his mum and dad later, don't we? And they've left him $500 while they go away for groceries. And, like, it's clearly some sort of... A man-child. Model, molly coddling, yeah, man-child issues going on with Joshua. So between that, the fact the man can't choose his own underwear and his, his very recent ex-wife has burned all his entire wardrobe. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is such a red flag. And why is Rachel going anywhere near that? So, yeah, I think one of the things to just praise Jennifer Aniston for is some very difficult acting scenes in here. A lot of phone acting, which is not easy. Yeah, it's a really hard scene to act. It's not a good... It's not a good moment for Rachel. This is where we see, like, that sort of spoilt old Rachel that's never had to ask a boy out in her entire life. um, And she really struggles with it. And But this... We're coming to it now. We're coming to it, aren't we? Now, this is is one of the moments, isn't it, of the whole episode? Yeah, this is pretty much what sealed the deal for me on why we should have this episode um so rachel asks jerry and phoebe obs Mm. for their advice on asking out joshua and jerry starts to discuss how he flirts with women yep and he says i just go up to them and i say hey how you doing first time first time first time we hear it First appearance of Joshua, first first appearance of How Are You Doing? Yeah, and we were sort of just chatting about this just before we started recording, weren't we? Isn't it mad that not only does it not really get a big laugh... No laugh, really. It it sort of gets almost nothing, and it's so casually thrown away. It's four four seasons into Friends before they sort of stumble upon How Are You Doing? And then that just becomes like his... That's Joey's catchphrase, right? Mm -hmm. But for nearly half of the entire (laughs) season of Friends, it didn't exist. And it's just a casual throwaway line. Mad. Mad. Here you go. Tries it on Phoebe. Works the charm. Um, so, yeah, Rachel calls Joshua, panic. She It all goes to shit. And then Joey gives some more advice. This is a, an episode basically dominated by poor Joey Tribbiani advice. All the way through. Yeah, he's given Chandler some terrible advice. And now he's about to give Rachel some, which is to buy some Knicks tickets and say, I've got, come to the Knicks tonight or something. Yeah. I mean, very expensive investment. <laughs> yeah. I have bought NBA tickets. They are not they cheap. They are pricey. They are not cheap. But I would say in this incident, Joshua is very much in the wrong because it comes to it. And this is final day. He's done three personal shopping appointments. And then she, he seems to think, so he takes the tickets, doesn't he? And goes, oh, thanks for the two tickets. My nephew would love that. What does he think's happening? She drops a massive hint as well. She goes, I think you look great. 
as a single woman who is available, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she could not have te- teed it up more. Because he's a big old dope, is what Joshua is. Yeah. Um, but why? What does he actually think's happening? That Bloomingdale's are gifting him two tickets to the Knicks. Who does that? But this is part of the Joshua problem. He's spoilt. He just assumes someone has bought him two Knicks tickets, and yeah. that is a normal part of his life. And he doesn't even really say goodbye to Rachel. He doesn't hug her. He doesn't be like he's. He basically, does like a weird so side to side hug. Like he stands shoulder to shoulder with her, and then puts his arm around her, which is. Just really weird. But that's kind of when he's still looking at the clothes, isn't yeah. it? And it's sort of like, hey, look at me. Um, and then he just sort of goes, thanks for tickets. Bye. <laughs> Do you think Josh just was not that into it? Well, it's it's amazing that this becomes a thing based on this episode yeah. because there's no chemistry between them. It's Rachel really fancying him and him going, like, him being completely oblivious. Um, so, yeah, so there you go. So uh, another fun fact about Joshua, guys. Uh, the Tate Donovan, who plays Joshua... Also, the voice of Hercules in Disney's Hercules. <laughs> oh, wow. Great fact. fact. Another great fact I discovered about Tate Donovan this week. Um, and then I went back and watched lots of YouTube clips of the Disney film Hercules to verify. And you can hear it. You can hear it, guys. Doesn't say a lot in that film, though, old Hercules. Took me quite a while of scrolling through. Should we do the quiz, Pete? Yes, let's do the quiz. To, to round off, Lexi. Five question quiz. Okay. About the episode. Oh my goodness. Details that you may or may not have spotted. Actually, we've referenced at least two. Yeah, of these, I think you've got already. a couple of points guaranteed here. So, question one to start you off really easy: Which two male actors does Phoebe suggest in the conversation about acting couples? Oh, Mel Gibson. Yeah. And. <gasps> yeah, I mean, you've already said it. Like, Mel yeah. Gibson and another. Oh, Mel Gibson and <gasps> and. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, there it is. I was, about to, I was, going I was about to say you can't just say Mel Gibson twice, but you got there in the end. <laughs> uh, question two. How much was the ticket to Kathy's play? $32. Oh, great. Good. Really impressive. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, referenced by Chandler, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. It's like someone charged, like, wrote my worst nightmare on a play and charged me $32 to see it. Yeah. Great memory. Thanks. Uh, question three. We've referenced this as well, but only a bit of it. Name the three theories that Joey also claimed didn't pan out, in inverted commas. Oh, okay. It's lone, rain, lone gunman. Yep. Geometry. Yep. Oh, man. Is it like a war or something? It's to do with a war, Political, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and it's, 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 uh, it's very much a... Uh, Communism. Communism, yeah. <laughs> it's very much a sort of red flag word in America, war. especially. Yeah. So like a war thing, yeah. <laughs> no. But yeah, communism. Communism. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. Question four. What does Chandler call Beefsteak Charlie's? Beefsteak Julie's. Beefsteak Julie's. One of those little details in an episode of Friends. I couldn't tell you what a Beefsteak Charlie's is. No. Sorry, guys. Never been to one. Question five. Now, this one's a contentious question because you both, I don't know, Pete, I've not even checked this with you, might have seen more detail than me. But based on what we see, what is Kathy's play called? Now, I say oh. this because the marquee where it's written, it's I think, is cut, cut off, off. Yes. halfway through. So it might be, what's the second half of Kathy's play called? But I don't know if there's a better version. Oh, like in a, in It's like in a, it twice as well. Yeah. We so see three words. Un- union? No. no. Although, interestingly, there's a word association game you could play to get to the right word now. <laughs> but it's very niche and New York-y. <laughs> Grand Union? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I see where you're going. Uh, no, I don't know. I can't remember. It's dropped out of my head. I did, I saw the, a marquee and noticed they cut the title off. 
but yes. I didn't actually read what it was. It's called... Square? Yes. <laughs> Something square. Oh, man. You've got the main one now. That's why I said Grand Union, is it? Yeah, square. Un- Union Square. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it has square in it. That's. The, I mean, I'll give you half a point for that. It's called In the Square. In the Square. In the square, I, it just it must be something in the square, but I can't yeah. see it on the version of Friends I have. Is, is your version the same, Pete? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I reckon in the just, square. They just cut the top off, so yeah. you just can't see what the real play they took the shot. Prostitute in the square. <laughs> um, Softcore porn you, in the square. You've done very well there. Four and a half out of five. Also, I've yes. just Googled Beefsteak Charlie's, which interestingly, and I use that word really quite loosely. Um, 1987, Boofstake Charlie's became defunct. So, um, what? It, so it doesn't even exist. The last known individual shop closed in 2009, but the chain ended in 1987. So even when Chandler referenced it in what 96, whenever this is, it was yeah a nine year old reference by boy. then. That's mad, isn't it? That's that- crazy. Well, we're learning a lot today, aren't we? We really are. Um, Lexi Rose, thank you so much for coming thank on Friends of Friends. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And thank, well done for such an impressive quiz performance yeah, as well. Good. I'm really worried about what I've pushed out of my brain in order to, to store those, these yeah. facts. So if I've forgotten my house keys or something, I'm blaming y'all. Yeah. If you've forgotten your house keys, it's because you know Kathy's play costs $32, which yep. is the most useless bit of information any human brain will hold. Yeah, it's pretty... pretty It'll be there there forever now, though. I think if you ask me that again in a year's time, I'll still tell you it's $32. Exactly. You'll never forget it. Uh, Thank you so much. And um, forgotten how we end this, Pete. Um, Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Nailed it. Hello, here we are, still here. Next week on Friends with Friends is the uh, award-winning, although she asks us not to mention it, comedian, Rose Matafeo, uh, who has chosen which episode, please, Rose, as she takes a gulp of water? The one with all the cheesecakes. The one with all the cheesecakes. Season yeah. 7, episode 11, which I'll never forget now, because it leads to a lot of irrelevant chat about the uh, chain store 7-Eleven in America we before we even start. I don't think we did, no. Spoiler, want... we don't solve it. <laughs> Three people sort of waffling about a subject they have no knowledge of. <laughs> or real interest in. Uh, that's next week on Friends with Friends. Goodbye. GreatBigOwl.com At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> The UPS. Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling 
stealing all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.